Welcome to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. Now let's begin. to a giant-sized Geek Fallout Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for Geeks by Geeks. And the reason why I'm calling it giant-sized is we're going to have a discussion in the middle of this episode, which normally we would have done as an episode of the Pop Culture Pub, but because it's just Kevin and I on tonight, we're going to combine everything into one giant-sized Geek Fallout Reloaded episode, which will probably be the you know not much bigger than a regular one, but... You know, I'm just playing with the whole giant-sized concept because you know that's a comic book thing for the for our comic book fans out there. Um, and I am joined by my co-host Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kev? All right. I was gonna say you kind of kind of dropped that in there in the opening. That's just the two of us tonight. Um, but for listeners, it's it's been a hot minute since we've had a new episode. Uh, Chris Chris had some stuff happen. Yeah. Um, well. So I, I've been curious. I, I, I don't know if uh, you want to give an update or not for stuff, oh, yeah. but I've been curious. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I was, I was totally going to give an update. So uh, um, we had recorded an episode of Truck 1701 just prior to this episode, but I didn't talk about it on that episode, so I'm going to talk about it here. Um, yeah, I, I we foregoed, if that's a word, our... Uh, our podcast recording a couple weeks ago, uh, due to some wildfires in my area of the continent. There's a lot of wildfires going on in Western Canada and now Eastern Canada. Apparently, Nova Scotia is under, you know, uh, wildfire uh, conditions right now, which is really unfortunate. So, like, yeah, on the complete end, other end of the country, there's wildfires going on, and there's some in Ontario. And Manitoba, and yeah, it's just, it's it was a very dry winter, which made for a dry spring, which um, made for the perfect conditions for for uh, fires. Um, unfortunately, some of the fires they think are man-made. Um, oh. Yeah, whether it be from, you know, ATV use. Or you know, discarded cigarettes, or a, or an unkept fire, like who knows? But some of them are from from lightning strikes and and stuff like that too. Um, so yeah, the town where I work, well, I work north of a, of a town called Swan Hills. It was evacuated. I was actually forbidden to go to work. Uh, they, oh they, wow, yeah, like they evacuated the town, and they and they blocked off the road so you couldn't even go up there if you wanted to um and where i work so i i i actually it kind of fell on my week off anyway um the evacuation of that town um but then it rolled into my next week of work so i actually got i missed a couple days of work but i got paid for it so that i mean i'm not complaining it's it's you know kind of nice that way but you know, it kind of sucks that, you know, people were displaced. Fortunately, I wasn't because I live in a town called Barhead, so I didn't have to evacuate. But, like, my dad had to and and his wife and, you know, a bunch of co-workers. And my stepsister had to evacuate with her family. 
Fortunately, the fire never made it into that town. So Swan Hills is fine. Uh, I'm they're still under a four hour. Last I heard, like a four hour evacuation warning in case you know something does um, spring up. But as far as the big fire goes, I believe um, it's just smoldering now. It's not uh, you know not lit up, but you know strong wind and a really warm day could change that really quickly. So hope fingers crossed. We've had some rain, so that's helped out tremendously. But yeah, like that week when when Swan Hills was evacuated to Barhead, um, there were days it, it felt like Armageddon. You know, like it was the the sky was yellow. It was you know thick smoke. You couldn't spend too much time outside. Um, you know, I was getting headaches from from all the smoke inhalation. Yeah, it uh, wasn't great. And the crazy thing is is I was watching this thing about um, weather patterns and stuff, and apparently we're going into another El Nino um, next yep. year. So it's going to get worse before it gets better. So, unfortunately, you know, wildfires is, you know... It, I mean, it's happened in Alberta before. Like, in 1998, Swan Hills was evacuated that year. But, yeah, that's you know, 25 years ago now. So, you know, this was really, uh, we weren't ready for this. So uh, now we are, you know, we're more fire aware and all that kind of stuff in Alberta. But uh, yeah, so Swan Hills was evacuated. There's a town called Fox Creek that was evacuated. A town called Edson got evacuated for a few days. That's where my son lives. Um... A town, another town called Valley View got evacuated. And these towns aren't even close together. Like, uh, Fox Creek and Valley View are about, I want to say, an hour from each other. And they are both probably three hours from Swan Hills and four hours from Edson. So, yeah, it's lots of different fires spread out. And, but, you know, fingers crossed, as of right now, Everything's okay. So, you know, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. You were posting stuff, and then uh, <clears throat> I was typing it. I was typing in Barhead and Swan Hills and, and you know, it's Canada in general on uh, Twitter mm-hmm. to see some uh, pictures and video that people were posting. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh my God, to go out of your house and see that, I, I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, it was like. In 2019, there were some fires in BC where the smoke came over here, and it was really bad. And then I want to say 2021, same thing. Um, so wildfires, I don't know, it's been more frequent, but we haven't had one this close in a long time. And I remember, I want to say it was like 2010, um, where they were they actually had forest fires in Siberia. But the way the, you know, the winds and, and the, the you know, weather currents were, we actually got, like, got hit with, like, a lot of that smoke. Which is crazy that a fire that's, like, you know, thousands of miles of, away across an ocean would affect us. But it did. Um, 
but yeah, it just it sucks. But you know, could be worse. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm I, it, climate change is a is a real thing. You know, I, I'm not a denier in that. Like, you know, when we see like, you know, what California goes through, what BC's been going through, you know, the Midwest, all the tornadoes and stuff. Like, I know the tornadoes happen, but they seem to be happening happening a lot more now. Uh, you know, stuff stuff's happening, and it's, uh, you know, hopefully we get on top of it. Well, it's- yeah, me. I, I can't remember if we went over it on a previous episode or not. Um, but I, I calling it global warming, you know, in the eighties, yeah, absolutely was looking back was a mistake mm-hmm. because then you had a certain group of people there, like, well, I'm cold, or you know, oh, I wouldn't mind it if it's a couple degrees warmer. Yep. Climate change is a much better way to put it, and more people are understanding and accepting of it now with this rebranding of the name for it. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I've mentioned numerous things in my area that I'm like, we didn't used to have this, and now we have it every year. We didn't used to have this, you know, or if we did, it was like once every 10 years. Now it's every yep. year. Yeah. You know, there, there's things I've noticed, and there's things I think everyone has noticed. You know, with with their winters and their seasons and and certain patterns and all, it's like okay, stuff's happening now. Mm-hmm. And unless a lot of stuff changes, and that stuff is not like, oh, let me make sure that I recycle my, you know, gallon of milk. Yeah, that's not what this. Like, we need you know, corporate level industrial change to make real effects. Well, and it's just not happening. And, and and not to get too political. But it, I, it really isn't Canada or the U.S. that are the big bad guys here in terms of pollution. It's certain other countries, you know, mm-hmm. or certain... Vi- I mean, not, not, not that the U.S. is innocent by any No, no, no. And <laughs> neither is Alberta. Or Canada, I mean. Like, we do have the oil sands. Um, you know, the oil industry is a big backbone of Alberta's economy, and, I, and I'm a big supporter of it. But I know we have to change our ways, like, and and they are, you know, in terms of carbon capture and 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 stuff like that. Um, but we got to do better. But there's other countries, certain countries that just don't care. Um, so, you know. Like, that's the thing. Like, they had, like, the, the I, I want to say it's called the Paris Accords or the Paris Targets where, like, 2030, we're supposed to be at certain markers for, you know, carbon neutral and and uh, oil production and all that kind of stuff. But we're not the we're not the problem, though. It's it's certain other countries um, that are are really the biggest polluters and they are not changing they are actually expanding and mm. it's not good like they're you know because because we're all in this together like that's the thing like i like i like what i was talking about like the, the smoke from siberia coming over to us you know things that happen thousands of miles away do affect things you know you know maybe not necessarily there but can have an effect you know on the other side of the world. Like, it, it, you know, we, we really are in this together. And until certain um, countries come to the table and, and actually start being more proactive 
it doesn't really matter what Canada and the U.S. and and all these other countries do because it's you know unless we're not the big polluters, right? You know we're polluters, but we're not the biggest polluters. You know. No, and and, and now a lot of countries that are becoming worse for pollution coincidentally are also countries that are not worried about losing a major city underwater in the next yeah. generation mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah, you got cities in north america and in europe that i could absolutely see being underwater in 10 years 20 50 for sure mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy but anywho um <laughs> on that, on these happy notes. Yeah, on these happy notes, let's get to an even happier note, which is not <laughs> in, happy in at in all. Memoriam? Our in memoriam segment. Um, unfortunately, we had some some pop culture icons pass away uh, since our last recording. And please, uh, Kev, if I forget anyone, like just let me know. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, I think the biggest one would be Tina Turner. Oh, uh, for sure. She passed away May twenty fourth. Uh, at the age of 83 years old. Um, I'm not exactly sure what... Like, I know she's been sick for a while. I'm not exactly sure what happened. But she's she's had an illness for the last few years. Um, but, I mean, I love Tina Turner. She's, you know, such a great singer. Such a, an amazing story. Like, you know, her... You know, coming from humble beginnings, you know, of course, you know in the 50s and 60s being a you know not only black but a black woman you know like she had she really had to um you know fight her way through you know the system to 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 even get noticed and then um you know she had her her issues with her husband uh he was a real piece of work i don't even want to say his name um and then, you know, she basically was, like, broke when she left him. Uh, the only thing she took was her name because he actually owned the rights to her name, Tina Turner. So she got she took, she took got that in the divorce but was pretty much broke after that. And then she turned it around. You know, in the 80s, she became, uh, you know, uh, a pop... You know, not just a singer that was amazing... Uh, but a pop culture icon, like she was in uh, Thunder, uh, Mad Max Thunderdome. Um, and yeah, just, you know, an amazing talent, an amazing singer. I, you know, I love her music. I love her voice. And, um, you know, 83 years is still too young, I think, to lose someone that talented. Uh, Kev, what are your thoughts on, on Tina Turner? Well, I... It's funny because it came across and we were just waiting at work. We're like, all right, when's stuff going to start coming through? Yeah. And the CDs and the movies and the biographies and everything, are, you know, came started coming through the next day, which is one of the things I really like for that place is just seeing, you know, the the community at large get interested in something or want to learn or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was happening. So every single thing we had with her name on it is checked out right now. <laughs> Oh yeah. To um, but just like I, I was trying to think if I 
knew her first from MTV and What's Love Got to Do With It, or if it was from Mad Max, because that was on, like, HBO, all, well, Thunderdome, not, you know, all yeah. of them. Yeah. The Thunderdome one, I swear, was on HBO all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, they got some good deal with that one. Um, and then, of course, you know, she had her video for the for the soundtrack, too, and all. And I was just like, geez, what was my first experience with her? And she was just... It's crazy the difference for generations, and I've kind of mentioned it to my kid, or or even just talking about him. Like, once you know the Tina Turner story and all she had to go through, not only in personal life with the Mm ex-husband, but like you said, as as a black woman there at at a certain time, but then by the time I discovered her, you did, Mm -hmm. she's just another artist on MTV, a very good one. Yep. But we never knew any of that stuff because we'd moved beyond that at that point. Yeah. At, at, at least our, you know, generation for the most part had. But then you hear her whole story. And it's like, oh, my God, I would have given up like five times. Yeah. At least. And she just kept going, kept going, kept going. And to see a reinvention, which, all right, so she was in her 80s when she died. She would have been what, like near 50 Yep. Then, yep. And just a complete restart, reinvention of her life in a way. At, at that point, when most people are done, yeah. You know, like you got got to credit, and also you know you mentioned the voice too. Um, I, I I can hear my mom in my head for this one. Um, there's absolutely a difference between a singer versus a musician, mm-hmm. an artist. You know, like anyone can just, it seems like anyone could just get a record deal and sing and be auto-tuned and, you know, mm-hmm. have a catchy song written. But that doesn't mean anything. But then you got someone like her at that other level. Yeah. Of, no, 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 you're an artist. You have talent. You're something special. To call you a singer is not enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, you know, the other thing, I think she was the first person that i heard of when uh you know celebrities were insured for different things yes yeah i think that's i think her her legs there were the first one i first time i'd ever heard of that and i don't think they do it anymore no with a voice of london something like that i think they're out of that business yeah yeah she was insured for i want to say like three million or 3.5 million or something yeah i mean she she did have amazing set of legs like you know i think Anyone who's seen her dancing on stage would be like, whoa, you know, like, I, like typically I'm not a leg guy, but there's certain people you're like, wow, that, that's a nice set of legs. Like, uh, Stacy Keebler, for example, yeah. you know, in wrestling, like, you know, I, I think, wasn't her theme song something about she's got legs or something. It was a, it was a kid rock cover of the ZZ Top song. Yeah. And and it's like yes, she she ha- has an amazing set of legs, and and as did Tina, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, I grew up listening to her because like my my parents, you know, they they love Tina Turner, so you know, I, there's a lot of Tina in the house, and uh, yeah, very unfortunate, but uh, next. British actor Ray Stevenson uh, passed away yeah. May 21st um, of this year. I want to say he was like 58. I didn't. I didn't write it down. 
Um, yeah, he's that's the right word. Yeah, like yeah, I want to say he was fifty eight. Um, and yeah, he was in Rome. He's going to be in the upcoming Ahsoka series. Um, on uh, Disney Plus for Star Wars. He was uh, the Punisher in... Was it Punisher Warzone, I think? War, Warzone. War, yeah, Warzone. Yeah. And... Um, oh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. There's something else he was in. Rome... Yeah, he was in Thor. Th- right! Yes, that's what I'm forgetting. Yeah, he was, uh, you know, the big guy. Watch. Uh, what the... Uh, Warriors 3, Hemdell? Hemdell. No, got no, the... no, he's the sword guy. No, um, yeah. Um, in the comic uh, book, he's the big fat guy. But in the in the Thor movie, they didn't make him like that. No. Because in, in the Thor... Yeah, something like that. Because in the Thor comic book, like, he's always eating. And he's always, you know, he's... Yeah. Um... Quite, quite big, but in the, in the movie they made him more trim and and lean, and unfortunately, I think he, yeah, he got taken out in Ragnarok. Which, yep. was it, uh, I, uh, with Thor, I didn't like that. No, me yeah. either. Thor Ragnarok, I, I liked the movie, but the way they took them out the, like that, I was like, eh, no. You know, if you, like, I understand you know, like, they wanting to slim down the characters, but they, you know, if they had died battling Thanos, I think I would have been okay with that, but... Anyway. Yeah, unfortunately, he, uh, he passed away. And... And... Oh, sorry, okay. God. I, I, I was well, just... Say, they... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, the thing getting me is... And, and uh, you know, we probably got our suspicions, but uh, they weren't releasing how. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, then that usually means one thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, sudden, there's no history of, of an illness or anything like that. I'm like, God, you know, it, it's so upsetting. Like, you know, uh, um, tangent, but, it, and, and I'm assuming, and I... Mm-hmm. Uh, apologize if I'm assuming wrong and we'll find out eventually. Yeah. But um you never know what's in someone's head for mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. And I remember when Robin Williams died, there's so many people there like, why? How? I was like, are you kidding me? If you followed his career, like that's been there the whole time. Yeah. You know, he had one bad day and that was enough. I'm like, but that's been there. And I didn't know you know, I I know you know, the Punisher role and, and Thor and, you know, I know other things, but I don't know enough to know if that yeah. is what happened or anything, but considering press release and stuff, I'm, you know, and, and secrecy, I'm like, well, that's probably what happened. Yeah. But, all right, you know, like you're saying, you're about to be on the Soka show. You're like, there's so much good going on, but that's not how it works though, you know? Yeah. Well, and he was, like, because uh, Disney did their their uh, Star Wars celebration back in May, and he was there, and he seemed to be in, like, good spirits, but that's the thing, you never know with somebody, right? Like, what they're, yeah. you know, like, um, like, like you said, Robin Williams, you know, like, 
you know, a lot of people were taken aback because, you know, he such, you know, had such a positive person, outward personality, but a lot of times, you know, people are, you know, that's a, that's a disguise, you know, mm-hmm. that they, that they wear. Um, and speaking of Robin Williams, they 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 did an HBO special about him and, um, he, he was actually diagnosed with dementia, um, prior to him committing suicide. I, I can't remember what kind of dementia, but basically from what I understand, he was like the last acting thing he did. He was having a hard time remembering his lines. So maybe that was kind of it, you know, like, you know, you build your life up with your stand up and you can't remember, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's sad and, and unfortunate, but hopefully with, um, you know, Ray Stevens and, you know, maybe, you know, that maybe it was a heart attack or whatever. Hope, you know, like not, I don't want to say mm-hmm. hopefully, but, um, you know, it'd be, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'll, I'll just move on. It, it, depending on what it is, then it just seems fate, act of God. Yeah. But if it's something else, like I suspect, then you just feel like, geez, I, w- I wish you could have reached out to someone. Yeah. And, and, like, the thing with mental illness, like, if it was meant, you know, something, um, you know, some people, you know, either don't realize it or, um, you know, don't want, you know, because there's still a stigma when it comes to mental illness, unfortunately, in our uh, society, especially when it comes to men. Um, you know, guys just don't want to talk about their feelings. And um, hopefully, you know, if, you know, people get the help they need, but sometimes they don't. But anywho, let's let's move on to something a little bit lighter. So, yeah, unfortunately, Ray Stevenson died. Um, and he, he will be missed because, I mean, he was in some great roles. Um, so moving on to news, uh, comiXology, I, I've heard a rumor, I don't know if this is true, because I couldn't find anything about it, but the rumor was that the comiXology app is basically coming to an end sometime in June. Um, and I, I think the reason why there's the speculation is because apparently Marvel's app, which was run by comiXology, is shutting down. And mm-hmm. uh, basically, to get new Marvel comics, you have to go either to Kindle, or you have to go to Marvel Unlimited to to get yep. your books, your digital books. So the speculation is not only is the Marvel app going out, but the the comicsology might be shutting down altogether. Which I can totally see, because it, like honestly, like I I got rid of it because it it it's useless to me now. Like all I can, all I, I can just access my library. That's it. I can't buy any new books on comiXology because it's not connected to Amazon Canada. Um, so all my library is still, my comiXology purchases are still available on Kindle. And that's the only place I can go to buy new comic books digitally. So I just got rid of the comiXology app to free up more space on my tablet. Which is re- re- unfortunate because Comicsology used to have really good sales. Like they used to, they used to make good money off me, you know. Like because I would always jump in on 
you know, like say, you know, they would have a, a Marvel movie come out or a Netflix series, and then they would have all the, you know, epic collections up for sale. I, I would buy a lot of, uh, you know, of uh, digital comics that way. Um, but now, like, Kindle doesn't really do that, so... I don't know, I guess I'm saving money, my, you know, by not doing that, you know, and I still have a whole bunch of, you know, graphic novels and stuff, both physical and digital, I have to read, so... But, uh... I just it just sucks that you know they had a good thing going and and Amazon came in and ruined it for everybody. But uh, Kev, what well, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, because there there was a Marvel app and there's Marvel Unlimited app, there's Comicsology app and there's a Kindle app, and then DC has an app and all, and it gets very confusing. Yeah, and much like we're seeing with streaming movies and TV apps. Hey, the whole point was to have one spot I could get all of this. I don't want ten things I got paid for. Yeah. All different ten different things for ten different products. Yeah. So Marvel's closing one app, but they are gonna have the unlimited and the unlimited is somewhere between ten and fifteen a month. I think after comics been out three months, it goes up on unlimited. So if you if you're not a you know, first day reader, you can wait for it and mm-hmm. be fine. You know, um, catch up on, you know, oh, I may as well wait for all six issues of the story, the graphic novel collection, be out and sit and read it all in one shot. Like, why not? Yep. Um, and then the the Comixology and Kindle one, because Amazon bought Comixology and it's still there, and some stuff works, but not everything, and some stuff transferred, but not everything. It's annoying. Um, it's not worth reading on a phone at all. It's tablet or computer only, I would say. Yeah. Like, I've tried on the phone, and it's just... Maybe my eyes are getting old. I don't know, but it's not worth it. No. But when I sent it to my Amazon, um, stuff that I had gotten through the comicsology had finally worked its way over. Okay. Just clicking on my click, and I'm like, okay, it's there. If I want to read it on my computer, because I, I just happened to be on a computer at the time when I was checking it, I'm like, it's all there. And a lot of it was when they used to do, like, once a week or once a month, it seemed like they had a collection of free comics up. Mm-hmm. And a lot were, like, the first issue of a series to try to get you hooked on it. But I have, like, probably 50, 60 comics in there that when Black Panther came out, they just had, like, damn near every Black Panther comic up there for free. Just for hype. And I was like, oh, I'm going to grab them all. I don't know when I'll read them. Yep. But I'm going to grab them for free right now. And, and they would do that all the time for it. And I've not seen it at all lately. Um, and then the the Kindle Unlimited is not the same as... Amazon Prime, either. So your Amazon Prime is whatever a month, and then if you wanted the Kindle Limited, it's an extra fee every month. I'm like, what happened to, you know, these are just bundled all together. I mean, I know it's, you know, so billion-dollar companies make more billions. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, but, you know, it's just annoying as hell. <laughs> it is, yeah. There's part of me that I'm like, all right, as I'm changing my comic reading and buying habits it might make more sense to do it that way you know to just do the kindle unlimited or marvel Unlimited or whatever and read stuff that way mm-hmm. for the lower monthly price but i'm also like i have a ton of stuff i already have that i haven't read i have a ton of stuff that i can get through libraries whether digitally or physical yeah I'm like, I don't need to be screwing around with this app, too. 
Like, if I want to read book A and book A is not available, book B is. And it's very rare that there's something like, no, I need to read this book and this book alone right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can mess around with it. Um, but I also think the older I get for stuff like that, I'm going to probably do something either free or a one low price unlimited reading thing for the rest of my life, probably because if I'm, I, and I can't remember what the price is because I don't have it going on. Let's say it's $15 a month just to pick a number out of the hat. Mm-hmm. If I'm spending 15 a month, but I'm reading say graphic novel once a week, I'll, I'll be small with it. Let's just say I'm reading a graphic novel once a week. All right, so that would have cost me probably 60 bucks if I bought them in store. Yeah. So I'm saving the money. And if I read something, because I'm actually currently reading something I don't like, but I want to finish it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm not liking the story at all. Yeah. If I had spent 15, 20, whatever on that graphic novel and hated it, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, what a waste of my money this was. I got no enjoyment, fulfillment out of this. You know, maybe if I got the receipt, I could return it. But if I'm doing a unlimited app thing, all right, it doesn't matter that I didn't like this one that much. I'll go on to the next one. Mm-hmm. For all I'll get done in the month, this is totally worth it. But, God, make it easy to do, though. <laughs> yeah. So if they're finally, like, if they got rid of the Comixology app and they're like, hey, it's just through Kindle now and it's finally streamlined, I'd be more than all right with that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that that's what's going on, but I'd be okay with it. Yeah, and the thing with Canada, we're a little different here, because, like, when Comixology did this thing last year, like, I used to buy my comics through Comixology, but now I can't, and it's not linked to the Amazon store, so it was really pointless. And then my whole catalog of, of purchases went over to Kindle anyway. Um, and Canada, Comixology... Comixology Unlimited was never available to us, uh, which I thought was stupid because I totally would have signed up for that. Um, but I don't know. It's the end of an era, like, you know, and it just, it's frustrating because I find the Kindle app isn't as good um, as Comixology. And I find it takes up way more space for some reason. Like, like the file size that they that the, they're putting the comics in now is somehow bigger than it was than comics when it was comicsology. So now I can only have you know like a few, like maybe like two graphic novels and maybe six um, individual issues on my tablet at any any given time. Whereas I used to have like epic collections, like three or four of them, and then a whole bunch of graphic novels. Like I used to have way more on my tablet than I am able to have now, which is very frustrating. Um, but anywho, um, the next thing I have is Splash Mountain is closing as of Tuesday, the, the Tuesday coming up. Um, it was commissioned in 1989, and yeah, I'm not exactly sure what they're putting in there, but uh, I, I think that's very unfortunate because, you know, I've been to Disneyland twice. I've been on Splash Mountain twice. Easily, I think it's my favorite experience in Disneyland. Not necessarily my favorite ride, but, you know, like when you do that drop at the end, 
you know, it's scary, man. And uh, it's memorable. And, and, um, you know, I really enjoyed Splash Mountain. And, uh, but yeah, I guess they're closing and I'm going to put something else in there. Have, have you ever been to, to Disneyland there, Kev? Land, no, world, yes. Okay, and they have a Splash Mountain there as well, right? Yep, yep, so I've been okay. to world twice in my life. <clears throat> not, okay. not for a long time, though. Yeah. Not in a real long time. Um, my understanding is it's going to be reopened, and I forget what movie will be the new theme, because um, it's something else that, you know, has like a water-based thing. Because there, it could be Princess and the Frog. I don't remember. Maybe, or there was that one Disney animated movie like uh, two, three years ago that the kid befriends some other kid, like a mermaid kind of kid that lives underwater or whatever. Oh, okay. Um. So my it, it, my understanding is the rebrand, the redecoration is going to be for one of those. So you know, mm. Princess and the Frog's New Orleans. You know, you got easy water thing that you can do for it. Yeah, so it's going to be something like that. Yeah. But one of the main reasons is they're finally like, hey, we have this whole ride based around Song of the South, which we can't actually do anything with. Mm -hmm. So why not redo it with something that we can market and sell shit for? (laughs) Yeah. And I get that. Because, like, my first time going was in 87. And even then, like, Song of the South was not coming out on VHS you know, it wasn't going to be on Wonderful World to Disney again. Like, it was it was yeah. a dead property. Yet, yeah, here's all the stuff for it in yeah. your theme park. So, it's like, alright, it probably should have been done a while ago. And I don't know, I don't know why it wasn't. Um, just, just from a money standpoint alone. Like, alright, if you can't leave the ride and buy a bunch of stuff for the ride you were just on, then change it. <laughs> Yep. Because that's the whole point. That's the whole joke of exit through the gift shop, you know? Yep. So, well, I get it. I think it's a long time coming. Um, but you need, you need a fun water ride like that. If they're just mm-hmm. closing it up, redecorating it with different characters and opening it up back up, cool, fine. That's what Disney should do. It should constantly mm-hmm. evolve. Yeah. Now, even the, the Tower of Terror, they rebranded as like a Guardians ride or something, I think. Yeah, well, when we went... Or the hotel, maybe not Tower of Terror, maybe the hotel, something like that. Yeah, like the Tower of Terror, I think, when we went in, it would have been 10 years ago now, 2013, in Disneyland, it was rebranded the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Maybe Um, that's what I'm thinking of. I knew knew they got a rebrand out of that. Yeah. I can't remember details. Yeah, I... uh... I remember, yeah, my little nephew didn't like it. <laughs> he, he he was he was terrorized. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, like with Splash Mountain, like I I remember as a kid watching the Disney Channel and watching like a documentary about them building it. Yeah, you know, in the in the late eighties, and then I remember when we went, like the first time I went to Disneyland was ninety four. Uh, I went with my parents and my sister, and I just, you know, was just, I love, I, I wanted to hit Splash Mountain, because I remember watching that years earlier as a, as a little kid, and, and actually getting to go there, like, it was, it was a great thing. But, uh, yeah, I hope, 
I'm hoping they don't do away with it entirely, but, uh, you know, like, yeah, just rebrand it and, you know, keep it uh, somewhat the same, because it was a lot of fun. Um, all right, so the last bit of news that I have, and I don't know if you have any other, Kevin, but uh, um, that 70s show actor, Danny Masterson, was found guilty of two counts of rape. Um, so it looks like he's going to be going to prison for... Uh, for a long time, I think. Um, I, like I, when the when that '70s show premiered, I want to say it was like '98, fall of '98. Uh, I really liked that show. Like I probably watched the first three or four seasons of it, and then I kind of gave up on it because you know it got a little long in the tooth. It was one of those shows that maybe should have ended sooner than it did. Um, <clears throat> But his character was one that I always liked, Hyde. I, I really liked that character. Um, but unfortunately, you know, I, you know, there's just monsters in the world, and he's one of them. And, you know, and I was talking about this with my mom yesterday. It's kind of like the like Bill Cosby. I just, I just, mm-hmm. sh- I just shake my head, and I'm like, why? Like, you know, I, I mean, not, not to sound crude... But if you're rich, you can, you know, get a hooker. You know, like, I don't, you know, like, I, I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but you don't have to do these things to people. I don't understand. Like, uh, like it, it really, it, it must be re- a real sickness um, in them um, to do what they did. Um, and I, and I guess because I'm not sick, I don't understand it. But it's like, you know, you guys, like, you don't, I I don't know. It's just, it's just mind-boggling to me. I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, but, um, yeah, no, if, if, you know, you do the crime, you do the time. And, you know, he, he's clearly, you know, he's been found guilty. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's going to go to prison. Uh, but Kev, what are your thoughts on on this situation? Because um, we were talking about it at work. Uh, one of my coworkers said, "Oh, did you see it? It, it just come down?" And I saw the headline. Yeah. Um, because I don't know, I don't know why the way our work computers are set up, we'll get like Google news alerts that will just pop up, and for most part, we ignore them. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, unless it's some. Yeah, you know, like I'll, I'll get suddenly like, "Oh, stock market thing." I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. But when I get something like this, I'm, you know, oh, okay, well, that one I'll read when I actually have a couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it already popped up on his computer. He read it. I hadn't gotten to it yet. And I went back and looked through. So, yeah, guilty on two counts. Jury was deadlocked on the third. Yes. Yeah. And said, you know, we just, we felt for the third one there wasn't enough. We're, we're divided. I'm like, all right, well, you got him on two. Mm-hmm. So at least it sounds like you're taking it seriously too, though. Yeah. Instead of just a blanket one way or another, you're actually debating things and having a conversation about this. Um, but he was immediately handcuffed, taken to jail, no bail, um, possibly 30 years. Like it's the judge is done with him. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it's as an example or if there were details in, cause it wasn't televised. Yeah. Um, probably thankfully but i don't know if there were details in the core or what but it's just like oh no you're done like they found you guilty you are done 
and I don't want to say make an example of because I'm not, I, I, I'm not like bleeding heart for him or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. absolutely, there's something like he, he's he's not going to get any uh, leniency at all in any of this. Um, so I think the sentencing is in August, I believe. Uh, and they showed some celebrities and family members, and he's married and stuff that were there to support him. And I'm like, you know, for a very, uh, it seemed like high-level Scientologist here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on a successful show, very proud of it and all, as soon as these charges came up, other than his family, and it's pretty much like his wife and who she's related to, Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, her sisters related to one of the Baldwins or something. I don't know. It, it got very confusing, and I didn't care enough. Um, but other than family, it seemed like everyone abandoned him, and that's when I'm like, "Oh, this is this one is legit. Two, he's going down." Like they, it seemed like the Scientology and all the celebrities that are part of it. I'm like, they, it seems like he just got abandoned. Yeah. Like, you're done, you're going down, you're not taking us down with you, see you later. I think and, in, initially Ashton Kutcher was backing him up, but I think when he saw, like, you know, like when he, like, read more into it, he was like, ooh, you know, sorry, dude, I'm out. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's only and, natural and when, fun. when like, a friend of yours gets accused of something and you don't think he's a monster, you know, of course you're going to back him yeah. up, but then... When you're presented with the evidence, like, ugh, all right, sorry. Yeah, and and I have, you know, that, that's a whole other side thing there, but I have absolutely no issue with someone saying, here's what I thought originally. I have learned more information. Mm-hmm. I have changed my thought on yep. this. There is nothing wrong with that at all. I, I think that's being an intelligent, responsible adult for things. But so many people are like, well, I don't want to look foolish that I thought this way before, so they double down on it. I'm like, no, you look more foolish sticking something you know isn't right here at this point. Mm-hmm. Because your previous self believed it. It's like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with, in light of new information, I have changed my thoughts on this. Yep. But yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah, I think you're right. When he was first charged, there was some support, and then gone. Yeah. And he was such a big part of that show. It's not like... Uh, all right, he wouldn't. Drew's gonna be charged with crime. What happened by now? Tommy Chong's on that a lot. Show a lot towards the end. Yep. More and more, but I would say he's a bit player. If Tommy Chong got charged with something like this, people could still watch that '70s show, and he's like, okay, this is episode he's on, whatever. Yeah. But not even like he was on probably every episode though, so you can't do it with him. Yeah. Um. So you're right. You're in a Cosby situation. Like I'm mm-hmm. glad. I sat down and watched all the Cosby show, like, and it was, you know, weeks to a month before the charges came out. I just happened to have finished watching all the Cosby show. I'm like, all right, I enjoyed it for what it was. I, I can mm-hmm. still have fond memories of it. I will probably never watch it again. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad I watched it when I did. And that 70 show, like, I have respect for it, but I was never into it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not getting into it now either. Yeah. My, my, my feeling at this point for stuff is if someone a- actually did something whole, bad, you know, Danny Matheson there, Cosby, you know, certain other people, mm-hmm. then I'm done 
I'm not going to do anything that could possibly give them any money. Yeah. So, okay, I'm not going to watch your show on any streaming service. Granted, we got a whole strike happening about that. But, point being, me watching it could mean you get more money. So I'm yeah. not going to do that. Um, you know, uh, like, I, I won't buy an album from someone that, you know, did something horrible. But if it comes on in the radio, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm not, by me listening to the radio, granted, you get paid somewhat for radio, but me listening to radio is not me giving that person money. Yeah. You know, if I already have a DVD, a CD, a book, whatever it is, if I already have it, that money was given to the person beforehand. However, it's not more money, it's not new money, I'm okay with what it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, I, I mean, if someone's in jail for 30 years, I don't know what kind of residuals they would get from something anyways, but I'm probably not going to sit down and watch any of that 70s show now. Yeah. Yeah, it's too He bad. was the only one not on the uh, the sequel series, that 90s show or whatever it was on uh, yeah. Netflix, I think. Yeah. yeah I, I'm pretty sure he's the only one that's like, yeah, no, you're just not welcome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he wasn't there. But... Uh... All right. Uh, Kev, did you have any other news you wanted to throw in there? Um, I don't know. Uh, is there a Vice channel in Canada? <clears throat> I honestly don't know. I I want to say there oh. is. But I, so don't, Vi- I don't really watch satellite anymore. Or cable, okay, so, so Vice on, was it last night? No, Tuesday night was the new season began of Dark Side of the Ring. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And the first episode was Skip and Sonny, Chris Candido and Tammy Sitch. Okay. Oh my god, it was rough. I mean, they're all rough, but this was mm-hmm. like extra rough. Yeah. Uh, next week is Magnum TA, which that's a horrible story. Mm-hmm. Um... And then I forget what the rest of the season is, but and, and I'm kind of blurring for picks and all. But um, the Tammy Sitch one, Sunny, is interesting timing because we're still awaiting. Bring it back to sentencing. There, we're still awaiting her sentencing. Uh, and I don't know if we ever brought it up, but she was driving under influence of alcohol without a license in someone else's car, rear-ended someone, killed the person in the other car. And somehow got, like, I don't know if she's in prison, out on bail, whatever, but is just, like, awaiting sentencing for vehicular manslaughter. Yeah. And it's like, how many things, uh, you know, uh, throwing it back to Cosby there, too, for a second. Like, how many bad things do you have to do before it finally gets caught up to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I don't, I don't and, think uh, we so, talked about that, because, but, uh, yeah, that that's... That's terrible. Yeah, I mean, to be at one point considered like one of the most beautiful women on the planet to mm-hmm. being one of the saddest stories out there. Yeah. And, you know, drugs and alcohol didn't help any. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh uh, Foo Fighters got a new drummer since we talked last. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. Um, can't remember his name right now, and I apologize. But uh, they're going to continue on. You know, they've taken their time for for mourning and grief and all. And honestly, if they didn't want to get back together, I wouldn't have blamed them. 
Yeah, it it, it, it totally yeah. would have been understandable. But um, no, that you know that's good. You know that uh, that they're able to move on and and uh, you know keep keep going on. So yeah, I mean, there was part of me feeling like Dave Grohl's gone through this twice now. Yeah. You know, like, going through it once must have been awful. Going through it twice. And, and granted, yeah. it's different circumstances. different. <clears throat> like, yeah, there's differences in this. But overall, he's had a very successful band, have a band member die all of a sudden. Yeah. All right, now what do we do? Yeah. Oh, Interesting. Um, trying to think if there's any other good pop culture ones. Oh, uh, Image is leaving Diamond. I I did hear something about that, yeah. And um, yeah. DC obviously going, left Diamond before. Like, yeah. So they're gonna image is gonna be distributed by Lunar, which is the same company that distributes DC. So are they so go, Lunar, are they gonna be out on Tuesdays then, like DC? We don't know yet. That's one of the big questions. <clears throat> because honestly, if you're sending it out, why not send it all out together? Mm-hmm. And why say okay? Half your box could go out on Tuesday, but the other half has to wait until tomorrow. Like, yeah, that's the pain in the ass. Yeah. So I think, I think the next round of solicitations because people had already done their orders through Diamond for Image. So I think it would be the comics coming out in August would be the first time for this. Oh, okay. But apparently. Diamond can still send image like graphic novels to um, bookstores and things like that. So if it's going to a comic store, it's through Lunar. If it's going to a bookstore or any other type of shop, it's still going through Diamond. Okay. But I'm... And granted, this happened in the 90s when like Marvel tried to have their own distribution company and all. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you got like... Now you got multiple catalogs one's the big previews one but then you have these mini catalogs from other companies but this is marvels through penguin dc and image are through lunar like that that's your biggest markets right there that aren't going through diamond anymore yeah and that just kind of feels like well is that it then <laughs> yeah oh, i got it they have to drastically rearrange their percentages and you know how they run stuff mm-hmm. yeah diamond did it to themselves you know like oh yeah you well know. My, my 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 friend will who has his own site and his podcast and stuff he worked for a diamond distribution center uh years and years ago okay um and worked on the catalog and everything and it has told you know stories on different podcasts and stuff over the years but one of the points he made is like, people always say Diamond needs competition, which, yes, that makes sense. He's like, but who the hell wants to do it? Mm-hmm. All these comic companies you got to deal with, all this inventory, talking to like thousands of comic stores around the country, figuring it out, packing everything perfectly so nothing's ruined. He's like, this whole process is a giant pain in the ass. And it's not that there's not the potential for competition, it's that no one wants to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, that's an excellent point. And he said, one, one of the other things is, you know, if you're, um, if you if you go into any other store and something's not there, 
you don't say, oh, um, this company screwed up because, um, you know, a t-shirt I wanted to buy isn't in the store or a soda I wanted to buy isn't in the store or any other product. But for some reason, we know exactly who sends comics and from where mm-hmm. and how many. Like, most comic fans know way too much about the distribution and shipping of comics than anyone else knows for any other product out there. Mm-hmm. Unless it is your actual job. Yeah. 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 But, but, I mean, again, you know, talking about, like, you know, our, our, our digital apps and methods for reading comic stuff, like, I, you know, I, I used to be that one. I'm like, oh, let's see what they screwed up this week. Let's see what showed up bent or ruined. Let's see what, you know, they shorted the comic store on or what's coming out next week now that's supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. And I got point. I don't care. It's not my job. Yeah. And why am I worried about whether or not a comic is here today? When one, I don't know if I'm buying it today. And two, I might not read it for weeks, months, or ever. <laughs> so why am I worrying about this? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, um, as, long, as long as they get to the store and people can read them and enjoy them at some point, like, mm-hmm. that's fine. I'm done worrying about it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to our uh, topic this evening, and it is called "Before They Were Famous." Um, so, the premise is, you know, we're rewatching something, and we recognize a celebrity we didn't know at the time, who has since become famous, or someone we saw back then and said to ourselves. They are going to be famous and did become famous. So I asked um, to try and think of three. Uh, to try and think of three with a couple honorable mentions, just in case. Uh, so Kevin, who do you got first up for someone that you recognized on a rewatch? Oh, it's it's not so much recognized as a rewatch. It was an immediate like. I think this person has something. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's kind of where I went with a lot of this. It's like okay, I'm watching. I'm watching in a smaller role. I'm watching in a smaller thing, and just knowing I'm going to see this person again. Like just that an intangible coming across the screen. That's like I think this person's going somewhere. Yep. I want to follow them. Uh, so one of the first ones I'm going to go with is Ben Affleck. Hmm. So I first saw him in Mallrats. Yep. And I'm like, God, this guy's funny. There's just something about him. There's something compelling and interesting. I don't quite know what it is, but there's just there's just something while he's on screen here. And then seeing him in Chasing Amy was the next thing I saw him in, which granted, he's the lead, but that is such a small indie movie mm-hmm. that it's not like a big role. It's nowhere near what he ended up doing with his life and career. So I'm still considering it like a, a bit part, even though he's the lead. And that movie I absolutely loved. I'm like, there's just something honest about him. Mm-hmm. I get, at the time, I'm like, there. You know, I, I believe everything coming out of his mouth. I believe everything that he's doing. I'm like, and he's not, you know, like a, a chewing the scenery type, and you know, going overboard or overblown with stuff. I'm like, he's just. He just seems very real, 
you know, I, I forget he's a character acting it, and I feel more like I'm watching a documentary thing here. I'm like, I don't know, there's just something about him. Yeah. And so I just kept following him more and more on stuff. And we, yeah, granted, he, you know, there's celebrity, you know, gossip and stuff to get wrapped up in and all that stuff. But I'm like, even movies that I don't actually care about or wouldn't be stuff I would usually watch, like, if he's in it, I've enjoyed everything. You know, I'm not saying he's, like, my favorite actor ever, but I've never been like, oh, boy, he really sucked in this movie. Mm-hmm. I have serious, serious issues with uh, Batman vs. Superman and the Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. None of which is his acting, though. Like, my issues for the movie do not involve him at all. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and then, you know, I, I would go back to other stuff and... and you know, it, it, it seems weird to say it, considering they won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. But like, Goodwill Hunting was this small little movie mm-hmm. at the time, and oh my god, I was again. It's something he just feels very real when he acts. Yeah, for me, and it and it comes across in everything. So yeah, that was someone that like, here he is being, you know, this douchebag wannabe boyfriend kind of thing in mall rats you know bit role overall and Mm. just knowing there was something there and now he's you know one of the biggest names in all hollywood yep yeah and he he actually did rise up quite quickly like from um goodwill hunting to you know like everyone was talking about j-lo you know back in Mm -hmm. 22 2003, 2004. Um, yeah, yeah, he's. I, I I like him. You know, like he's one actor that I've I've always enjoyed. Um, you know, even like even like the crap films, like Daredevil. I I liked him in that. I still yeah. like Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. It is not a good movie. No, but I. I you know, I feel like he, he was doing everything in there. Yeah. And even, you know, like, it seems like Jennifer Garner's kind of problematic. Mm-hmm. You know, especially as a girlfriend slash wife. But I, you know, I believe the interest in her and, and the love and everything, too. Like, yep. he, he could... All right. Um, to, to compare contrast. Mm-hmm. I'm aware Tom Cruise has done some good movies mm-hmm. and the things that he puts his body through for the Mission Impossible movies, despite being a freaking giant multimillionaire, is crazy. Mm-hmm. But I never forget he's Tom Cruise. Yeah. In anything he's ever done, I never forget for a second that's Tom Cruise. You know, even if I was watching a movie, I wouldn't say the character name. I'd say, well, and then Tom Cruise did this. Mm-hmm. And I, I like Rain Man. It's still Tom Cruise. I like A Few Good Men. That I, I love that movie. It's still Tom Cruise. Yeah. But Affleck would could make me forget. Mm-hmm. I lose myself in the story. He uh, was in a. I can't remember the movie, but when he played George Reeve, um, you know the the uh, original television Superman. Um, yep. That was a great film. That, I really like that film. Oh, I can't remember what it's called now. I want to say it like, came out in like 2006, something like that, 2007. 
Um, but yeah, he's 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 done some pretty good stuff, and I and I I really enjoy his Kevin Smith stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that that that's a good one. So uh, to continue the theme of uh, actors that you know we saw and uh, just knew that they were going to be amazing. <clears throat> First one on my list is Scarlett Johansson. I, I debated. Yeah, I really, I really like Scarlett Johansson. Um, not, not only is she amazingly beautiful, I think she's a good actress too. Um, but the first thing I ever remember her in, and I know she was a kid actor, she did different things, but the first movie I ever remember her in was a movie called Ghost World, which is based on a graphic novel. Um, mm -hmm. And I want to say it came out in like 2000. Um, and I just, it, it came out about a year after American Beauty because uh, Thora Birch was the, the lead actress in that movie. And she was just coming off having done American Beauty and, you know, where she played Kevin Spacey's daughter in that film. And, you know, there was all this focus on her. But Scarlett Johansson played her best friend in that movie. And there was just something about her that, you know, like her voice, like I remember her having this, like, uh, deep voice. And, uh, you know, she's roughly about my age, maybe a year or two younger, but I just remember thinking she was just beautiful. And I was like, she's going places. I just have a feeling. And then, yeah, she ended up, uh, you know, years later being Black Widow. Uh, in the Marvel films, and she's done a lot of great movies aside from from the Marvel films. Uh, the one she did with Adam Driver, I want to say 2019, where they 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 play um, parents uh, or a married couple that's going through a divorce. Like that was amazing. Oh, um, yep. I can't remember the name of the movie, but it, it's a Netflix original movie. But the you know like that acting was just on point like Adam like at first I never like when they cast Adam Driver like speaking of another actor that I think is really talented um when he was cast as Kylo Ren like I knew him as like the doofus brother on a few episodes of that or no the doofus boyfriend not brother boyfriend of uh Lena Dunham um on that girls show I think it's called girls um, basically it's kind of like a sex in the city type of show, but for, you know, our generation, I guess. Um, and, uh, I just, I only seen a few episodes, but I was like, this guy is not a good actor based on his performance, but actually he, he was actually really good because that's not actually what he's like. Um, so when they cast him as Kylo Ren, I'm like, eh, you know, but Again, you know, like when you're talking about Ben Affleck with, you know, the, you know, the DC movies, it wasn't Ben Affleck that made them not so good. It was, you know, the writing and, and the directing, but Ben Affleck himself was really good in those films. I kind of feel that way about Adam Driver. I think Kylo Ren could have been an epic character had the heat been written better. Um, because, um, Adam Driver is such a good actor. Um, 
but yeah. Anyway, he did that movie with Scarlett Johansson. They were both fantastic. Um, and yeah, she's just a fantastic actor. So, uh, so a two and one there, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson for me. Uh, Kev, wow, who's next on your list? All right, so another one saw in a bit part where I was like, who is that? And then fold and fold. And now being a, a big name seems weird, but, you know, everyone starts somewhere. And, and honestly, there's a lot from this movie where I first saw this actor. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people in this that you could say the same thing about. So in Scott Pilgrim mm-hmm. is a young free parks and recreation, Aubrey Plaza. Oh. And immediately, because she's already got her attitude. Mm-hmm. And it comes across in everything that she does. And I, I can't not sound greasy <laughs> when describing <laughs> it. But every role she has, she just exudes this aura of I know everyone wants to fuck me. Mm-hmm. Like, it just comes across at any time she's on screen, no matter what the role is. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm hot. I know people want me. And puts her, like, uh, and that, it's not a bitchy attitude, but it's just like, a uh, abrupt. It's not even, ab- yeah, abrupt's a good word. I was going to say apathetic's not really right. Abrupt's a good word. Like, it comes across in everything, but it's just, like, this confidence and swagger, too. Yeah. And it's already there in Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, she, you know, she's earlier in her career. She's not what she is today or anything. And maybe, honestly, at maybe that point she's faking it. Like, maybe, you know, it's uh, fake it to make it for the confidence. Mm-hmm. Well, I was watching that movie and she's on screen for, you know, a, a little bit for it. And I'm just like, oh, who are you? Yeah. Like, you're so cute. You got this attitude. I want to see whatever you do next. And then, you know, you've seen her grow to what she is now. And I'm like, this girl's nothing but confidence. Um, and I was kind of thinking at watching wrestling recently, uh, because you have, like, your developmental group NXT, and then people mm-hmm. go up to Raw or SmackDown. And there's a lot of them, I'm like, I don't know if I could ever get away with asking in an interview. But there's some I wonder, like, an interview question might be, when was the moment that you finally had self-confidence and you're like, oh, wow, I'm hot and people want to see me? Mm-hmm. Because it seems like for a lot of them, and I'm using the wrestling example, but I think actors and actresses have it too. It seems like all of a sudden there's a switch of like a swagger and a confidence and all for that. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. people want me. All of my hangups, all this thing where I'm like, oh, I could lose five pounds or oh, I don't like how my nose looks or my ears looks or whatever. All the ways that people beat each other up or beat themselves up. It seems like there's a moment where all goes away. It's like, oh, I got something. Mm Mm-hmm. And then everything changes, the way they walk, the way they talk, the way, you know, everything for her. And Aubrey Plaza absolutely has that. I've seen some, uh, as I've seen people grow and change in wrestling, I've absolutely seen it too. But I'm just like, I wonder if people can pinpoint the moment in their lives where it's like, oh, this is when I realized I was something. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on 
<laughs> this is gonna sound bad. I'm gonna I'll jump on that Aubrey Plaza. Um <laughs> but I like I had never watched Parks and Rec. Um so my first exposure to her was when they had uh FX did that Legion show. Oh, yep. And I and yeah, my reaction was like, Who is this? Like she is so good in this role. And then that's how I found out she was on Parks and Rec and you know, I did the Google search and then she was in that she was in a movie with um where I want to say Zac Efron, like, and Robert De Niro, like, uh, Bad Grandpa or something, it was called, where De Niro plays his grandpa, and Aubrey Plaza ends up being, like, Robert De Niro's girlfriend mm. in that movie. And, yeah, she was fantastic in that, and I just, like, Legion, I kind of jumped ship, I want to say season two, but, I mean, I stayed with it just for her, for as long as I did. <laughs> she was she she was fantastic. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but she she was great in it. Um, all right. Well, uh, my next one. I just got to look at my list. Oh, uh, this is kind of like a just a broad general thing. What what made me think of this topic initially was I've been rewatching Law and Order. Um, and the reason why I've been re you know, back in at the end of April, I went to Calgary Comic Con, got my picture taken with Vincent D'Onofrio, who most recently played Kingpin in the the Daredevil and and Hawkeye uh, Marvel series, um, and he's going to be an Echo uh, coming up, and then he's going to be in the Daredevil Reborn series. But I was a fan of D'Onofrio originally uh, with Law and Order. Criminal intent. Um, yeah, and, and like I like I didn't really know D'Onofrio back then. Like Criminal Intent started, I want to say two thousand and one, and ran till two thousand eleven. It was a ten season um, series, and D'Onofrio, like he had been in Men in Black, the first one. He had been mm -hmm. like uh, Full Metal Jacket. He was the uh, I know they called him uh, Gomer Pyle, but he was, you know, not, that was just the nickname that he had um, in that movie. He's the guy that shoots the sergeant in the bathroom at, at the, in, during the movie. Spoilers for, you know, a movie that came out in the late 80s. But um, I didn't recognize him from those films. It was, you know, like I just was watching Law & Order Criminal Intent because I like Law & Order. I really liked his take on his character. Um... Detective Gorin, and I just, I was captivated, and I watched the entire series. He wasn't in, like, he was only in the beginning of season nine for, like, an episode or two, and then he was gone till season ten, and then basically came back to wrap up his story, and apparently, uh, him and, uh, Catherine Irby, Irbe, I'm not sure how you say your last name, um, the, the two leads from from for most of Criminal Intent want to come back and, and do some more. Um, so he's really pushing for that. So I, I think that's fantastic. So yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio, um, you know, initially I had no idea who he was, but then when I saw him on Criminal Intent, I just, you know, thought he was amazing. 
Um, I loved his character. And then when he showed up in as the Kingpin in the Daredevil series, I was like, wow. Like, honestly, Kingpin is, I think, one of the hardest characters uh, to do for the fact that he's just a big dude. Like, he doesn't have any superpowers. He's just a big guy who's strong. Not only strong, but very intelligent. Um, you know, Michael Clark Duncan in the the Daredevil movie did a good job. Uh, he definitely had the build for Kingpin, but he kind of played him as like a Batman 66 villain, you know, like the goofy type. Um, and Kingpin should be scary. And D'Onofrio just nailed it. Like he's not as big as Michael Clark Duncan, but you know, he, he did beef up. He did, you know, shaved his head. And he was scary. Like, like I want to say it was like episode three or four when he kills that guy with the car door. And, like, you literally... He literally decapitates the guy with a car door. And you hear it. Yeah. And I remember thinking, whole... Like, I was... Like, he's scary, dude. Like, he, like he just nailed the character of Kingpin. Um, and I know a lot of people are mad because in, in the, you know, Hawkeye, the last episode when he showed up, he was kind of playing Kingpin more cartoony. I think that was a Disney thing. I'm hoping they go back to the original, the, how he originally played Kingpin in the Daredevil series for the Daredevil Reborn. Um, which I'm told is like going to be like adult. It's not going to be like a kid, you know, all ages show. So. And that's the the route you need to go with that character, um, but D'Onofrio just nailed it. Like he like he's such an amazing actor and super nice dude. Like I got my picture taken with him, got to shake his hand. Um, a really nice guy. Uh, but that, to add to the Law and Order rewatch, like I've been watching the original Law and Order a lot uh, lately. Like I've been on on our in Canada on our Crave app. I think season six through twelve are on there, so I've been rewatching those seasons, and it's just amazing to see some some of the actors that come through that show that were not big at the time but ended up becoming big. Um, some examples are like the episode I'm just currently watching has uh, John Slattery in it. Um, for people who don't recognize that name. He was in a TV series called Mad Men, which is one of my favorite TV series of all time. He played Roger Sterling uh, in that show. And a, a, like one of the best characters ever in television. I love Roger Sterling. John Slattery was amazing in that role. Um, he's done other stuff, obviously. He, he had a TV show a few years ago about like some AI. He invented an AI that's trying to kill him and... But anyway, I think that got canceled. Um, but yeah, he was just amazing as Roger Sterling in Mad Men. Um, Edie Falco, who played uh, Carmelo Soprano, uh, played a lawyer in several episodes of uh, Law & Order. Um, just recently, um, Star Trek Picard Season 3, there's a character named Captain Shaw, played by an actor named Todd Stashwick. Who I also got to meet in Calgary. Super nice dude. Um, the, you know, one of the best new characters 
in in modern Star Trek uh, with Captain Shaw. He was in an episode of Law and Order. I, I at first I'm like I know this guy, but he was so young back then. Like he was probably in his early twenties. Um, and I had to Google it. I'm like, holy crap, that's 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 uh, Captain Shaw. Wow, you know. Um, and yeah, there's um, so many actors that come through there. Um, it, it's it's amazing. Like I know Samuel L. Jackson's been on Law and Order. Um, yeah, it, it it it's a it's a huge laundry list of of characters, but of actors that have been on there. But uh, a lot of you know, if you watch The Sopranos, a lot of Sopranos actors are on there because Sopranos was filmed in New Jersey, and these are New York actors. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's really cool to see all these these actors um, before they uh, became famous. Uh, Kev, did did you have one more that you wanted to throw out there before we move on? I absolutely can. I've brought it up Perfect. before on the show because um, I, I feel like I'm one of the only people that remembers this show at all. <laughs> but um, I'm going to say there was a show in 2006. 2006? Let me double check. 2006, 2007. Called the class, only lasted mm. one season. Um, it was airing right after How I Met Your Mother. I think after first season of How I Met Your Mother. Okay. And it was supposed to be like a one-two punch. It won best new comedy at like the People's Choice Awards or something like that. Nineteen episodes didn't get renewed, and then Big Bang Theory was the episode, the new show that took its place, and of course that became mm. a phenomenon. But. I absolutely love the show. I didn't know any of the actors from anything else. And I'm just like, oh my god, everyone on here is so good. And maybe the show only lasted one season is good. Mm-hmm. Because everyone did other stuff. So, alright, your female lead, um, who was uh, played by Andrea Anders, is Ted Lasso's wife on Ted Lasso. Okay. So, big show. Your male lead is played by John Barenthal. Oh, nice. Shane. He's gone on for others. Yeah. Yep. Punisher. And then Lizzie. Yep. The, the be- like, in my opinion, the best Punisher. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan's on the show. Who, uh, yep, I remember her from this and from Cloverfield, but then she was on uh, Masters of Sex, which I think think was an HBO show, but I'm not totally sure. Hmm. Um, she's also in Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, she's going to be at... Oh, she's on Party Down. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And she's going to be on the new uh, Fatal Attraction on uh, Paramount. Oh! Was she in Iron Man 3? I don't remember. I'm not saying no, but I don't remember. Okay. Okay, so then we also have Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who went on for however many hundreds of episodes of Modern Family right after the show. Um, Redheaded one of the smaller one of the gay couple on Modern Family. Okay, yeah. Yeah. 
And then uh, Jason Ritter is also on the show. Oh, uh, John Ritter's son. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Who, I mean, like, one of my favorite things from him is uh, he does a voice of the main kid on um, Gravity Falls. Okay. Fantastic cartoon. But, I mean, he's done so much stuff. But, like, everyone on the show ended up being something. And this is that forgotten show where they all just kind of, like, cut their teeth, got a little bit better, you know, made connections or whatever, mm. you know, improved their, their demo reels. I don't know what. But, like, it seemed like this was the perfect show for them all to get that little bit more that they needed to then go on for everything else. Yeah. It's kind of like, what's that? Isn't there a... Um, is it Ryan Reynolds that's in it? I want to say it's a Ryan Reynolds movie, like Good Luck Chuck or something like that, where you sleep with him and the next person you meet is who you're going to marry. Maybe. I don't think I've seen that. Okay, so, something like that. This seems like this show was like you do this show and then the next show you do is what's going to blow up your career. Yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah. It's, it's no DVD release. It's not on anything I had. Uh, a torrent years ago, the whole series, and I, I lost that. That was multiple computers ago. <laughs> yeah, it, it's too bad. Like, some of these shows that didn't have a long shelf life, um, you couldn't access. Like, I know, um, I was thinking about this. Uh, the first season, or sorry, the first year that UPN was on television, they had a uh, two comedy series. They had Platypus Man and Pigsty. And I really liked those shows. I enjoyed those shows, but then they they didn't last after the first season. But you can't watch them anywhere. Yeah, they're just gone. Yeah. Um. All right. So just to uh, continue with um, my Law and Order, uh, I pulled up a list from Entertainment Weekly, and these are some of the famous guest stars that have been on on Law and Order. So uh, Sarah Paulson was on an episode. She was played a 14-year-old girl being investigated for the murder of her mother. Um, Sarah Hyland was on in 2004. She went on to be in... Uh, oh, uh, you just mentioned it. The, the, the family show, the family comedy. Oh, uh, Modern Family. Modern Family, yeah. She's the older daughter. Um, Idris Elba was in an, a 2001 episode. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Hoffman was in, in a first... It's actually his first credited gig in a 1991 episode of Law & Order. Um, Jennifer Garner was in an episode that I just recently watched from 1996. Juliana Margolis, Claire Danes, uh, Jesse McCarthy, McCartney... Uh, I don't really know who that is. Kate Walsh, I did watch that episode of Law & Order. Uh, Allison Janney, Zoe Saldana, um, she was on an episode in 1999. And then she also played the daughter of a murder victim in 2004 on Special Victims Unit. Laura Linney, uh, em Emmy Rossum, uh, who... It's actually her first credited acting gig in 1997 with an episode on order. She was uh, on the TV series Shameless. Amanda Peet, Sebastian Stan, um, 
let's see here. Ellen Pompeo, who ended up uh, being the lead in Grey's Anatomy, uh, was in a 1996 episode. Uh, I, and I just watched this. Uh, Vera from Formiga, Vera Formiga, uh, she was in a 1998 episode of Law and Order. She was the love interest in The Departed. Um, Edie Falco, as I mentioned, who was uh, Carmela Soprano. Uh, she played a lawyer named Sally Bell. She repri reprised the role for additional turns in 1994, 1997, and 1998. Felicity Huffman. Um, Ironically, played a character that ended up going to prison. Um, yeah, it's just one of those shows that, uh, you know, everyone, uh, you know, a lot of people were had been on it. Um, and I was reading that on the 200th episode of Law & Order Special Victims Unit, Robin Williams actually is a guest star as, as uh, I think, uh, I don't know, if, what he was the bad guy in that episode. I haven't seen it, but... Um, yeah, so, but I mean, he was already famous at the time, but right. But I think he was a fan of of that show, so they got him on. Um, all right, well, let's move on to our brain candy segment. So, if if you're a new listener, this is the segment where we're talking about stuff that we've watched, read, listened to, whatever, whatever we've fed to our brain, and we can make it a pick or a pan if we so choose. Uh, Kevin, what do you got this week for brain candy? All right, let me see here. Because we've had a few weeks, like this, like this is a long stint. So I know my list is there's a few things extra on it this time. All right, did I go through John Wick with you? You were for last time, or was I still in the middle of it? You were in the middle of it. Yeah. Okay. So finished all four movies. Um, watched. Or, or read the comic, uh, Dynamite did a five-issue comic for it. It's, uh, it's a prequel before the movies. It's okay. It's not great, to be honest. It's okay. Is that the one um, written by Keanu Reeves? No, that's Berserker. That's all. Oh, comic. This one's written okay. by Greg Peck, and I like mm. Greg Peck, and I've, mm -hmm. I've interacted with him online before because uh, he had a independent comic through Aspen years and years ago that was like a heaven and hell battle and following people trying to get, you know, back up to earth pretty much like, you know, normal ground and all that was really good. And I, I reviewed it a bunch and went back and forth with him. And then he did a red skull miniseries for Marvel. That's freaking unreal. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've liked his stuff for years. Um, but the, the, it just, John Wick's such an action-packed movie and so fluid and, and the motion and everything that a comic is just not doing it justice. Yeah. It's nothing against the comic at all. It's just... It, it's not adapting it very well. Um, but the movies, oh my god. And the, the fourth one is almost three hours and it does not feel like three hours at all. Is it that is that blows. the one that just came out in theaters? Like a couple months ago? Yep. Okay. Yep. And my my dad was contacting me, and he he's sending me links and everything. And uh, he's like, "Well, there's uh, this thing's going on, and this thing's going on, and all." And I, I sometimes he sends me stuff. I'm like, "All right, I've written and read enough that like I saw this coming a long time ago." Yeah, there's 
like so many pulls from mythology throughout the John Wick movies that it was just incredible to see it. Like once I knew it was there, I couldn't not see it. Hmm. And it was just fascinating me. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a thing that takes place um, on some stairs in the fourth one that there's there's mythological inspiration to it, but there's also just it, it, the scene hurts. <laughs> <clears throat> there's so much happening there. Yeah, I was enjoying the hell out of it. And what one of the things that really got me is there's a um, have you ever seen the Warriors? I want to say I have, but I can't remember. Sounds familiar. Yeah, 70s, 70s exploitation movie, kind of. Um, uh, this group has to make it from uh, Central Park all the way to Coney Island. Every other gang in New York's hunting them. Okay. You know, cra- crazy scene for it all. Yeah. Um, but there's, like, a tribute to it in John Wick, and I went nuts. I was just flipping out. I'm like, there's no way they're about to do this. There's no way they're about to do this. Oh my god, they're about to do this. Yeah. Like, I was just going crazy for it. it was so exciting. But the, uh, and, and the world that's created in it was absolutely outstanding. I, I was loving every second of it. Uh, there's it's supposed to be a TV show, um, a spinoff, a prequel mm-hmm. series. Um, based around the hotel that's a major part of it of the story and it's going to take place in New York City in the 70s hmm. so all your your classic stories of stuff happening in New York City in the 70s is going to be told through the filter of this location too I'm like oh my god that's that's the first thing in a while that I'm like I would take the day off of work to watch that immediately yeah yeah, you know, but oh my god, the movies were so like I'm already debating on watching them again. And I was at the store the other day, and I'm looking through mm-hmm. the DVDs and just to see the extras. I'm like, I haven't bought a DVD in forever, but I would consider buying these just to go through the extras, which I haven't gone through extras on anything in forever either. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But, oh my god, just such uh, what are they calling it? Gun fu. For the fighting style, I'm like, yeah, yeah I, I can't deny that. Yeah. But, oh my god, they're, they're beautiful, beautiful movies. So much fun. But I, I loved all of them. I'm obsessed with it now. I'm going to probably rewatch them multiple times. I'll probably dive into, like, fan fiction and theories at some point. <laughs> Excellent. So good. Awesome. Um, I'm still doing Sandman, of course. Yep. That's the year-long project. Uh, I did read a comic called I Hate This Place. It is also called Fuck This Place. And uh, both <clears throat> titles are on the cover, depending on what cover you buy and where you, what comic shop you buy it from. But it is Haunted House, Murder Mystery, Batshit, and Sandy with a ton of humor. Um, Excellent couple inherits a farm they go there all sorts of bad stuff starts happening and it's like i i don't want to be here but we're kind of stuck here so what the hell do we do now 
and just all sorts of craziness that takes place. Um, the shit, did I read this last time we talked? I can't remember. Uh, do a power bomb. Had I done that one yet? If that's not familiar I, at all. Yes, I, uh, I know you've talked about it, but, uh, we never, re- you haven't given us an update. Oh my god, it's one of the best ones I've ever read. Oh. It was so amazing. Here's what I thought was like, oh, it's a simple little wrestling story, that's yeah. cool, I like wrestling, I like comics, you know, I'll enjoy this. And then it becomes this huge story of loss and grief and family through the lens of wrestling, and the stakes get higher and higher, and the world starts building too. I'm like, oh my god. God, how is this only five issues? Mm-hmm. I would read a hundred issues of this, of this whole world of everything going on here. Like, this is incredible. And every issue, I'm like, there's no way that they're going to win. Every single issue, I thought that. I'm like, there's no way that anything good is going to happen. There's no way that anyone's coming out of this. And, again, I thought I was reading this, you know, a silly wrestling story when I started <laughs> And could not have been more wrong. It was amazing. It, it's like wrestling's wrestling becomes like the least part of it, honestly. Like it's, it, it is the story. It's the location. It's how things take place. But if I was listing all the stuff in here, it'd probably be last overall. Cool. It I, was, oh, just heartbreaking. So good. I'll have to go back and, re- and revisit that because I, I, I remember reading the first in- issue and I liked it, but I was like, you know, uh, it was one of those that was I was kind of deciding, you know, do I go with it? Because I was reading a whole bunch of books at the time. So I just decided to, you know, put it to the side and, and yeah, I'm definitely, yeah, I'll definitely have to go back and, and catch up on that. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, and then the one I'm not liking at all, because I, I think I mentioned, you know, a year or so ago, uh, I read The Sumerian, mm-hmm. which uh, Conan, it's public domain um, yep. in other countries, but not in America. So it's comic adaptations of original Robert E. Howard Conan stories, um, but they call it The Sumerian on the cover, and they can call it something else inside. Like, yeah. All right, cool. So from in that same world, there was one called Belit and Valeria. Mm. Which is taking some of the, you know, um, that world and here are two female characters. It's kind of an amalgamation, but like, here's their story and here's something crazy. And I thought, okay, if it's anything like Sumerian, I'll enjoy this. I am not enjoying it at all. It is beautifully drawn. It is violent. It is sexy. Mm-hmm. Beautifully drawn. But, Anything taking place in that Hyperbian Age Conan era should have a certain type of dialogue and, mm-hmm. you know, like certain certain things wouldn't be said or would be said differently or however you want to put it. But mm-hmm. the dialogue just really takes me out of it. I'm like, they wouldn't swear like this. They wouldn't make these jokes. They wouldn't make these references. You know, this is a completely different time. And I'm not saying we need to go like a certain era of Thor and, you know, forsooth and verily and all that crap. But the way they're talking, it's like, 
it, it was it just gets to be too much. I'm like, I'm this is really taking me out of it. Mm-hmm. And the story's not bad. I could get into it, but I cannot get into it the way that this is being written here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the story's violent. It's interesting. It's very pretty. So I want to finish it, but I'm just really frustrated the hell out of it. So I'm probably not going to read it ever again. <laughs> it's just, you know, pretty art, but mm-hmm. I, I don't need pages of, oh, well, we have a bard. So here he's going to say, you know, nothing but beautiful, sexy things about our female leads here. Yeah. And the best way I could put it, uh, I was talking to someone at work about it. I said, it's like a late night Cinemax movie through the lens of Conan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the so, old... yeah, all the sex and cheesy violence of like a you know VHS rental. Yeah, yeah, you know, but there's nothing, there's nothing else there though. Yeah, excellent. I'm just simple checking. Have anything else? I, I got I got all my pictures and stuff I want to read soon too. <laughs> God knows when for some of it. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I I will take pictures constantly of stuff that I'm like, ooh, that looks good. That looks good. All right, based on when we recorded last, I'm also guessing I already talked about Dickens and Prince. I don't recall. I don't think. Oh, so. really? All right, all right. That'll be my last one, but. I gotta tell you about this one. Okay. All right. Uh, did you ever see the movie High Fidelity, or read the book, or see the TV show? High Fidelity—that's the one with John Cusack, right? Yes. Yep. I, I seen and, and Angelina Jolie, Billy Bob Thornton. Is that the one I'm thinking yeah. of? No. No. Oh. Uh, John Cusack working in a record store. Uh, young Jack Black. Oh. I think I have, like, years ago. I'm thinking of the one yep. where he's, like, an airport guy. No, no, no. This is uh, okay. he's a record store owner. Uh, he's going through his, uh, his own crisis of relationships. Uh, Lisa Bonet's in the movie looking absolutely stunning. Oh, okay. Uh, written by Nick Hornby, who also wrote About a Boy. Uh, and Hulu did an updated version of it within, like, last year or two. But hmm. I, I absolutely love the book as well as the movie. And so I look at stuff that the author does, Nick Hornby, and I've liked a lot of other stuff he's written. So all of a sudden, a new book comes through. It's called Dickens and Prince. I'm like, what the hell is this? So it's Nick Hornby. Apparently, he was just figuring out stuff for what he was going to do next. And he's like, I'm going to put on a Prince album. All right, which one do I want to put on? So he starts looking through Prince's catalog on, you know, a Spotify or, mm-hmm. or some sort of music app. And Prince had 45 albums come out in his career. And albums are still coming out because he would get bored and just record music and put it in storage and say, there now there's something to be released after I die. Yep. So apparently, like, a new Prince album could be released every year for, like, 20 years, something crazy like that. Because he just, if he got bored, he didn't have hobbies. He just kept producing more music. Mm-hmm. That was his hobby. That was his interest. So... Nick Hornsby's looking into this. He's like, "Oh my god, what a, what a extensive career here!" And he's looking into, you know, just how much he did in a short amount of time. He's like, "Geez, I wonder if anyone else did that much in a short amount of time overall." 
And for some reason, he falls on Charles Dickens. And he's like, because of Dickens having to write like a new chapter for, you know, once a week for the newspapers, magazines, whatever you want to call it in time, mm-hmm. and having to continue to put, have this output all the time. And that's how he made his money and all. And then, oh, it'd get collected as a book. And look, he wrote three novels in one year because he's got to produce a new chapter every week. So he just kept going and going. Yeah. And so Nick Hornby there is like, oh, that's very funny. I'm probably the first and only person who would ever compare Prince and Charles Dickens. But then the more he dug into it, the more similarities there were. Here's both of their attitudes towards their work ethic. Here's both of their attitudes towards, hey, the person who is publishing my things is screwing me over out of money. Yeah. So what can I do that for my art? Here's both of their attitudes towards drugs. Here's both of their attitudes towards performance. Here's both of their attitudes towards women. And a lot, there's a lot more similarities than there are differences between them. Hmm. So the more Nick Hornsby's digging into this as, you know, as just for fun, he's like, Mm -hmm. this is a book. He's like, if I'm going to do all this research, I'm going to turn it into my own project and make some money off of it. So let me continue. And I mean, it's not a long book. It's like maybe 200 pages. Mm -hmm. It's real. It's a glorified college thesis is what it really is. But it's absolutely fascinating. You could whip through the whole book in like a day. But it was just so freaking interesting to see all the stuff that he discovered and found out and pointed out. That it was just fascinating for it. Awesome. Sounds interesting. Cool. Um, all right. Well, for, for myself, um, I just finished a Star Trek book. I'm, I'm, um, I mentioned this maybe on Trek 1701, I can't remember, but um, after Star Trek Nemesis, which was the 2002 final TNG movie, around 2006, Pocket Books, all the writers came together and decided to make a, a, a continuity going forward. Kind of like Star Wars, the, the Star Wars books of the 90s and the 2000s, which we now call Star Wars Legends because they're not considered continuity. Um... Star Trek decided to do something similar, and I just finished a book called Before Dishonor, and it was written by Peter David, one of my favorite writers. Um, I think this is his last Star Trek book that he did, and this could have been like, this should have been a season of Picard, like this book was awesome. Um, And spoilers, you know, this book came out 16 years ago, but... um, in, the, in this continuity, Captain Janeway dies and just blew my mind because I was expecting her to be saved by the end of the book, but she's not. She actually dies. Same with Seven of Nine. Um, we get to see, you know, what's happening on the Enterprise after Nemesis, you know, with Worf as first officer. And um, Spock was in this book. He was working with the TNG crew. Um, it's a Borg story. It was fascinating awesome book uh, apparently it was very controversial at the time and in the years since because of the the deaths of captain janeway and seven of nine but um i thought i thought it was fantastic like i was like the last hundred pages i had to keep reading because i was that interested um in comic books uh 
since our last recording, Shazam number one had come out from DC Comics. Number two just came out yesterday, or sorry, Tuesday. Uh, I haven't read issue two, but issue one I think is fantastic. It's written by Mark Wade and drawn by Dan Mora, who do the um, World's Finest book for DC Comics. Um, yeah, this is old school DC. This is this is the stuff that I read in the eighties and nineties, and it's fantastic. Um, I, I you know I'm a, I'm a Captain Marvel fan, original Captain Marvel fan. So to have someone like Mark Wade and Dan Mora doing a Shazam book is fantastic. Uh, super happy with that. Um, and then in terms of some TV shows, I watched a couple of HBO. Or no, one was HBO Max, and actually I think they were both HBO. One was Love and Death. That's the HBO Max miniseries, uh, starring Elizabeth Olsen. Fan. It was it was very interesting. I had no idea. If you're a true crime, you know, uh, reader or follow true crime, uh, this is based on actual events of a, of a murder that took place in 1980. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen is great in 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 uh, in this series, and Jesse Plemons is also in it. He's fantastic, um, and all the other actors and actresses that were in it were great. Um, really recaptured the spirit of the 80s so love and death check that out also the second season of perry mason finally came out the first season came out like three years ago i enjoyed the first season but season two was definitely a lot better season two was really good uh it's a series starring matthew reese uh it's produced by robert downey jr and tim van patten um sean astin uh is in a few episodes this season um season two yeah is a lot better than than season one if you like uh, you know 1920s era you know stories it it's very interesting and last but not least uh at the time of this rec uh, recording a few weeks ago i watched guardians of the galaxy volume three okay uh, i loved it um, I really yeah. think it is the best MCU film since Endgame, not including Spider-Man uh, No Way Home because it's a Sony co-production, like straight-up MCU movie uh, done by Marvel. I think this is the best one since Endgame. Um, and it's unfortunate that James Gunn is leaving Marvel. To go to DC, unfortunately for Marvel, good for DC because I'm now I'm super excited to see what he does with Superman and in the DC universe because, damn, this movie was good and, you know, I like there was a scene I almost cried, and it involved four CGI characters, <laughs> you know, like and and I and I I was tearing up and it was so powerful and and. To, to evoke that sort of emotion from me using CGI characters, you know, you, you've, you've, you know, got a home run. Like you did something very well. Kudos to James Gunn. Um, I really like this movie. I know a lot of people didn't like the portrayal of Adam Warlock. I get that, but what are you going to do? You know, we're past the, you know, the, the infinity gauntlet and Thanos, 
you know, like, honestly, Adam Warlock should have been introduced 10 years ago. He should have had his own book. Uh, so, you know, them doing a different take on the character I'm okay with at this point, because what else are you going to do? Um, but, yeah, it, I just overall thought it was a great movie. Ha- have you seen it, Kev? Oh, yeah. And what are your thoughts? I experienced every emotion possible during that movie. Mm-hmm. I was up, I was down. And, I mean, that movie does not let you calm down the entire flick. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, the bunch of times like, oh my god, this character's gonna die, they're gonna die, they're gonna die, they're gonna die, oh, they didn't die. Oh, but mm-hmm. now this guy was a square, this character's gonna die, they're gonna die, they're gonna die. Like, the entire two and a half hours. That's how I felt constantly. Yeah, like it did not, it, it did not let me breathe for the entire movie. But it was so good. I absolutely loved it. I, I had a blast it. I, I agree. It's probably best since Endgame. It felt complete. Like I know one of the things is all right. What's the bigger Marvel story? And I mean, it's Kang, and there's other stuff that we kind of suspect and all, but we don't really mm-hmm. know. But we kind of think it's like I, I have theories for. Uh, Ms. Marvel and Shang-Chi and, you know, a lot of other stuff like that, how it's going to tie in. Guardians was its own thing. It didn't have tie-in. It's the end of the story. It's a good ending. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe stuff for some people shows up later on, but, like, this is this is for the most part it for this group. And I was okay with it. Yep. You know, like, the the, um, how did they put it? Like, the first movie was Peter and his mom. Second movie was Peter and his dad. And this one is Peter and himself, in a way. Yeah. Though, I mean, it is Rocket movie. But there's a lot of self-introspection and a lot of calling people out on their shit. Mm-hmm. In this, like, I, I mean, uh, a therapist, a psychologist could have a field day with this movie or, like, you know, there will probably be some, some BuzzFeed tests or whatever of, like, which Guardians character are you based on your, you know, how you interact with your friends or whatever. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, it was so good. Yeah, I, I keep listening to cry a few times on this. Yeah. And I I, I, I don't want to say the actor's name because I, I know I would butcher it, but the 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 High Evolutionary, right? Oh, the, I, could, I cannot even try to pronounce his name, but he was good. Oh, he was amazing. Like, he... Like... Honestly, he could have been the big bad guy for the, this next phase. Like he, like he was just so amazing. Like I mean, he was great in uh, season one of Peacemaker as well. Like he's a good actor. I really like him. But man, he play, plays a good villain. Well, I mean, honestly, I wish we could recast and have him as Kang. Yeah, yeah, especially considering yeah, what uh, what's going on now with uh, I can't remember his right. name. But, but like, but, yeah. If, if, if the Jonathan Majors, if Majors Jonathan Majors played yeah. High Evolutionary, and the the unpronounceable one here, mm-hmm. um, played Kang for you know Loki and Ant Man and everything else coming up, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, because then we would get him for you know ten years. Yeah, but yeah, so much better. Yeah, but yeah, he was just yeah one of the best Marvel villains by far. Um, oh yeah, that they've had. But uh, yeah, no, I, I fantastic movie. I definitely would. Uh, 
it was just in my local, but unfortunately I didn't get a chance to see it again. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be rewatching that. It, it was a great trilogy. Um, aside from the Cap trilogy, I think it's like the Cap trilogy is probably my favorite Marvel trilogy. This would be a close second. I think. Agree. Agree. Uh, the the only other caveat I could give, because um, I was talking to my kid about it. Mm-hmm. I, I, Guardians probably my second favorite trilogy. Cap first. However, the more I watch those movies, that could change. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said the only other way anything would sneak in there is if I could alter Avengers. Either first movie. Infinity War Endgame mm-hmm. is counted as a trilogy, or first movie, Age of Ultron, and I can count Infinity War and Endgame as one movie. Yeah. Like, there's a way I could fudge the Avengers. That's probably the best trilogy for many other reasons. Said, so, But if I can't do that and have to count it as four movies, it's Cap and Guardians right now yeah. for me. Yeah. And I know, like, Age of Ultron, like, it, you know, a lot of people didn't really. They didn't like it as much, but I I still think that, like like Ultron was a fantastic villain, and I still you know fingers crossed hope he shows up again in the future. Like that could be you know a big bad going forward. Um, just like I hope you know they still bring back the Red Skull. You know like I you know I liked the I liked when he showed up in Infinity War and Endgame, but I would love to see him come back as a villain because um, you know he he literally is the embodiment of evil in the Marvel universe. Like he is the most evil villain in my opinion. Um, and, and, uh, you know, like I know what's his name. Um, Hugo weaving doesn't want to come back. Like he didn't come back for infinity war and Endgame. but that, um, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, he's on the walking dead. He plays the red skull in those films. Oh, I'm drawing a blank on him, but he does such a fantastic job. Like, I didn't even realize it wasn't Hugo Weaving until afterwards. Because he does such a good job playing in the Red Skull. That, you know, just give it to him. Like, he, he, he could take it and run with it. You know, if if they're thinking of, of something to, you know, replace Kang, you know, like, you you, you got yeah. two good, good villains right there that you could pull back easily. But... Anywho, I think we can call this an end to our uh, giant size spectacular episode of <laughs> Geek Fallout Reloaded. Uh, but before we go, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. And Kevin, where can we find you, sir? All right, you can find me on most social medias. I'm at Masked Library. MassLibrary.com is my home blog. And uh, I recently was communicating with uh, friends over on the Retro Network, and mm. I'm going to have some stuff up there shortly. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, you, I'm going to plug uh, the Facebook groups uh, that I uh, am the admin of on, on this week's episode. Uh, so we have a Facebook group based on the Pop Culture Pub Podcast Network. I try and po- post, you know, every day something on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so be sure to check that out. I got Lockhart's favorite animation and toy franchises. Uh, so if you like comic books, toys, that sort of thing, I post on there usually every day. Uh, I'm an admin of a group on Facebook called Outer Spaces, which is uh, space and space exploration 
and space entertainment based posts. Um, I'm the admin of the incredible fans of the incredible Hulk and she Hulk. So if you're a Hulk fan, you know, be sure to check that out. And last but not least, I'm the admin of Trek 1701, which is a group based on the Trek 1701 podcast. Again, I try to post there every day. Uh, and if you go into the album section of that, of any of the groups, but, uh, in particular, Trek 1701, you know, you can check out pictures of the different enterprises, the different classes of ships, um, a lot of behind-the-scenes Star Trek stuff. Um, so if you're a Star Trek fan, be sure to check that out. Um, all right. Well, I think we can uh, call this an episode. So on behalf of myself, Chris Lockhart, and my co-host, Kevin Decent, I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to Geek Fallout Reloaded. This was uh, our giant size spectacular, and we will see you again in the not-too-distant future.